Good day, good folks. You are listening to Talk That Keeps You Woke. And with your awakening, we hope that you will take in the information and knowledge we provide. So make sure you like and subscribe while you hop on this ride as we inform, persuade, entertain, and engage in discussion. Welcome to Potlicker Podcast, which is knowledge to feed your soul. I may go one half of Potlicker. I go by Dr. A, the inquisitive one. A great debater, Mr. Slow Talker, a rhetorician, and an all-around nice guy, and a member of Alpha Phi Alpha Fraternity Incorporated. The other half of Potlicker is my homie, my dear friend for more than 30 years, Kim Parker Jackson Esquire, the legal one, Mrs. Creativity, never obnoxious, the gifted one, a terrific lady, and a member of Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated. Well, we are back and better than ever. Last Sunday was Super Bowl Sunday, so we didn't address you last week, but we did put out a little special on our predictions on Usher's halftime. So we start this episode 44 off, and I'll start by saying, how was your weeks? Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening to everyone. I am well. My weeks were good. And how about your weeks, Dr. A? Uh, I've just been working and going to the gym and working out those two things. Um, that's it. I'm healthy. I'm happy. Um, and I'm ready to move on. So as we always start our show off with the wow for the week, and this comes from Sister Asada Shakur. Only the strong go crazy, the weak just go along. I like this. Um, to me, she's basically saying the strong recognize the oppression uh, that is being put upon them. And going crazy, I don't think she means uh, literally. I think more figuratively, it's, it's showing resistance. Um, and when you show resistance to the oppressor, sometimes people say things to you like, oh, you you going to mess yourself up. You 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 going to lose that good job you have or they're going to kick you out of this or they're going to kick you out of that. And so that's why they be saying, girl, you crazy. Man, you crazy. I wouldn't be doing all of that. And so she may be calling those people the weak. They just go along like this is. These are the rules, and I ain't breaking master's rules. So um, that's what I take away from it. What about you? I agree wholeheartedly with everything you just said, and that's the same thing that came to my mind. Basically, is that it takes courage to, to resist. And I had the same thought as you. Like, it's about resistance. And you, when you resist, you have to take risks, and you have to make sacrifices. And that can take a toll on you. So that's how I took when she said, you go crazy. To me, it's you can. it, it takes a toll on you. And you may lose your job. You may lose something that you value. But it's a sacrifice that you are willing to make. I wouldn't say people who choose not to resist are necessarily weak. I just think it's a choice that we all have to make at some point in our lives. And th resistance is not everybody's ministry. Everybody is not meant 
in the struggle for freedom. So I would just say that it's definitely a choice that we all have to make at some point. And if you choose not to resist, that's okay. That's okay. Well, if you choose not to resist, because this is not big pushback on you, but if you choose not to resist, then you shouldn't be trying to stop people who are trying to resist and telling them that they're doing something unwise. You just stay in your lane and just say, you're not going to do it. So I right. think we have just a lot of- Just get out of the way, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, I think we have a lot of people thinking that way. And this is from Asada Shakur. Asada Shakur, only the strong not- go crazy, the weak just go along. I was going to say not a Finney Shakur, which is Tupac Shakur's mom. This a lot is of people his- confuse it too. This is, this is his aunt. Okay, so but not his mom. Right, right, right. <laughs> and let us move on. Oh, what's going on? 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 Hey, so Fonnie Willis, and I'm gonna let you take the first ride at this, has been in the news um for weeks now she is presiding over donald trump's case in georgia and they the are election fraud case right? election fraud case and they are casting and throwing a lot of stones at her uh so what say you about this situation? they are and we talked about this on an earlier episode where this has con- this has um derailed her prosecution of Donald Trump on the election fraud charge in Georgia because now they're saying that she is having an improper relationship with her basically with her co-counsel somebody that she hired um Nathan Wade to be the special prosecutor to assist her in this prosecution of Trump. And so I think when we talked about this before, I was saying that it's unfortunate that this has happened and that she chose to be in a relationship with someone with whom she is working because it's a big distraction. And now we finally come to the point where um, the judge is conducting a hearing to determine whether she should be disqualified from prosecuting this case. And I must say (laughs) this, we have, we are really getting a glimpse into the type of um, the type of attorney that she is and the type of attorney that she will be when she finally gets to prosecute this case against Donald Trump. Needless to say, she just was not having it. And I think it, you know, she's just to the point where you could tell during her testimony that she's very frustrated with this whole proceeding. And she's not, although she's taking it seriously, she, I think she um, projected the fact that they really don't have much to go on here. They're trying to say that in a convoluted way, that because she had this relationship 
with special prosecutor Nathan Wade and they went on trips and he spent money on her. They're trying to say that the money that he spent was the money that he earned from the state of Georgia for being a special prosecutor. And therefore it's a conflict of interest because she is enriching herself with these funds, I, I guess is, is the argument. Impropriety, I guess, but there's no proof to that. Um, it's all speculation. And to me, it's just a song and dance to distract from the bigger situation. And that is the um, prosecution of uh, Donald Trump. Exactly. And I think she reiterated that several times when she when she said, I'm not on trial here. So we're we're not going to do this. And basically, I mean, everything, every argument that they came up with was basically, it seems like it's being refuted because, for example, she said that the um, when they went on trips, if he, Nathan Wade, used his credit card, that she would reimburse him with cash. And, it, you know, her father also testified and said that it's customary um. And black culture to carry cash and have cash in your home. And so this is really much ado about nothing. So what, you know, so what they went on trips or they had a relationship. How, what does this have to do? And I'm still trying to figure it out. I don't get it. What does this have to do with Donald Trump trying to steal an They're election? They're trying to assassinate her character to make her one not to be a woman of principle who is in the right to preside over the fraudulent case. And you're absolutely right. One has absolutely nothing to do with the other at all. So it this really is a song and dance. It's fodder for television. And that's why we're seeing it. And I do agree with you, uh, as you said before on our last podcast, it's just, it's taking up time and unnecessary time. And so to me, that's the tactic, you know, at least they can come away with that. Um, but you can see in this, this man's life, and I'm talking about, you know, former President Donald Trump's life, you see all the things that's happening to him. You know, uh, they're just delaying the inevitable. Yeah, but one thing I think is interesting about this is that, you know, she was a prosecutor that got pushed back from the black community in Atlanta because she was prosecuting the rappers. Yeah. Did and you use, hear about that? And using their lyrics against them. Exactly. So it's, 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 <sighs> It's, it's interesting how, you know, people appreciate the fact that she is going to be the uh, the black woman who took down Donald Trump in Georgia, at least with regard to the election fraud case. But then on the other hand, you know, she doesn't get a lot of love from the black community in Georgia because of how she went after those rappers based on their lyrics. Yeah. Um, I understand that, but I, I don't want to get deep into that because that's a whole nother yeah, that's a whole situation in conversation. So, but it'll be interesting to see what happens here. I mean, do you think she'll be ultimately be disqualified? I hope not. I don't think so. Um, because I, she didn't or he didn't do anything wrong. So, I, yeah, I mean, people have 
relationships at work all the time. I think it would be more of a case if someone, um, if she had a relationship with someone from the defense side of the table, because then it would be a conflict of interest. Yeah, I I, I, I agree. So we, we're going to watch how this thing uh, plays out. And let us move on. So we had an unfortunate situation after Kansas City Chiefs uh, won Super Bowl 58. You know, they had the parade on Tuesday, which turned into something disastrous um, that happened. So uh, we're talking about at the parade, there was a shooting. Uh, one person uh, killed, I think, 21. And I, I don't have the update. 21 injured. And I heard out of that 21, that 15 of them were seriously injured. Mm-hmm. So. Um, this was crazy. This is crazy. It, it it turns out that it was a dispute that got out of hand and the guns came out. What is wrong with people? But my like, whole thing is why are you bringing guns to a parade? Exactly. And I don't think that as much uh, police presence as they may have had there, how do you prevent people from bringing weapons to an event like that, that's so open and so, you know, so there's so many people there. You can't possibly check everyone's bags and stuff like that. You know what I mean? If it's, there's a big open space like that. Um, but yeah, so this was, this was very unfortunate because there's a lot of families there just trying to celebrate the Kansas City Chiefs and their Super Bowl victory. People just out trying to have a good time and celebrate the Super Bowl win. And then something like this happens. I'm thinking that there may, I'm, I'm just thinking in my mind, although I don't know, I'm just speculating because I'm asking the question, how does something like, like, how does something like this happen at an event like that? Like, why would you go after someone for a personal issue at such a public event when you know the possibility of, you know, stray bullets? Killing well, children, I don't think families? people thought that guns were going to come out. Like you can have a dispute with somebody at a parade, you sitting down they step on your chair, they knock over some beverages or something. And you might say, excuse you, because they looked at you and didn't say anything. And they could use profanity against you and that could trigger you. And the next thing you know, you in each other's faces, right? When your anger erupts, that's what is happening. At that time, you're not thinking that, that person has a gun on them or not. Um, some people would have probably assuaged the situation like if 
if somebody was that rude and a family member wanted to step to them, they would just say, nah, relax. You know, they would have had cooler heads, but everybody doesn't. And cooler True, heads but I'm just saying, always if you're rebel. The, I know, but I'm talking about the person who's actually possessing the weapon. Like, you don't think twice, okay, there are a lot of people here, there's families, there's babies. I'm not going to put someone else's life at risk because I'm angry or I've been triggered. No pun intended. You know what I mean? I mean, that to me, that's what a responsible gun owner would think. So that's why, you know, everybody shouldn't be, everybody shouldn't be able to carry a weapon if you don't have that much enough self-control to think about the lives of other people. Yeah, why are you carrying a gun to the parade? Exactly. See, I was thinking maybe it was a personal a personal issue that's that started outside of the event and maybe the person with the weapon knew that that person that they were after was going to be at this but don't, event. Don't go to the parade. That's too big of a pay, place and there's too many people. If your intention is to get one person, don't put yourself in a situation where you can harm innocent bystanders. Well, first of all, a person that would do something like this, I have to understand, is not going to have the same thought process that you and I would have. But it's, it reminds me of when you see these shootings at funerals, like if you have people like rival gang members or, you know, yeah, this, this rival drug the, dealers. This is back in the somebody. day. I don't know the last time a funeral got shot up. No, but I'm just saying the, the point that I'm trying to make is that you may try to go after someone when you know they're going to be at a certain location and you can get to them. And this happened to be at a big event. I'm just speculating. I have no idea. But I'm just trying to, under, you know, just trying to think of it from some from that person's perspective, although it's not a very clear minded perspective. I'm just trying to think, why would you do that? <laughs> you know what I mean? And that's all I could come up with. It's any way you slice it. It's it's just bad. It's a bad look. Yeah, we're, we're going to continue to follow this to. Um, no, but did you hear about how uh, people kind of um, were up in arms? No pun intended um, with uh, Travis Kelsey and some of the other members of the Kansas City Chiefs because they continued their celebration after the shooting had happened. And they went to because there was a party that was already um plan that was supposed to happen at a neighborhood bar with for some, but of, the some players. of the but some of the players also were helping the people who were wounded and got hurt too mm -hmm. so um i don't know i mean that's a hard thing to judge um what they did after it I'm is not, i mean people are always gonna yeah, yeah people are always gonna uh, find something to complain about. Yeah. And let us move on. Okay. 
We're going from one Super Bowl story to another Super Bowl story. And this had to do with the evangelical Christian, the ads um, during the Super Bowl. There were some people that were infuriated by the ads. Um, so I, I looked up evangelical you know, the definition of it, just to make sure of or according to the teaching of the gospel of Christian religion, um, of or denoting a tradition within Protestant Christianity, emphasizing the authority of the Bible, personal conversion, and the doctrine of salvation by faith in the atonement, zealous in advocating something. So that's what we really look at, zealous and advocating something. The evangelical Christians are, to me, more classified and defined as like zealots of religion, you know. So did you did you see these? I mean, you you saw these commercials, right? Yes. So how would you describe the commercial from what you saw? I just think they're Christians trying to win souls. Um, as uh, trying to win souls and trying to eradicate hate. Because when I, when I first saw it, I was confused. I, I knew I, it was the ad because I've seen a lot of them. You know what I thought it was going to be? I thought it was going to be at the end where they say from the Latter Church of the Latter-day Saints, the Mormons. I thought it was like a Mormon commercial. I didn't know. So you thought it was Christian regardless though. Right, right. Because right. It, would ju it just threw me off. I'm like, what? What message are they trying to send? Because what I noticed was there were people that were washing the feet of other people. And there were, and by, I'm going to put other in quotation marks because the person washing the feet seemed to be like a, a white person. And the person whose feet were being washed were like different categories of people in our society that you could say are that, re, that are treated unfairly and that sometimes and mar it marginalized, right? yeah, marginalized communities. So I'm they, just like, they were this trying is a, to say the company that is really responsible come near for the, the, the commercials. Um, it's a nonprofit organization. Right, but they also support um conservative political yeah. organization. Yeah. They uh funding anti-trans and anti-gay legislation. Uh it's the Alliance Defending Freedom. So the ADS ADF is uh one of the most powerful and terrifying legal funds in the country if you're a gay, trans, a minority, and are a woman. The ADF has systematically and successfully orchestrated extremist, extremist courtroom challenges across the country, including the overturning of Roe versus Wade and the uh, precedent upsetting masterpiece cake shop case that ruled in the favor of a baker who refused to make a wedding cake for a same-sex couple it also since been funding anti-trans and anti-gay legislation across the country. Both the Servant Foundation 
and come near also have ties to the family of Hobby Lobby, co-founder David Green, who is notorious for pushing anti-LGBTQ policies. Green's son, Mark Green, serves on the board of Come Near, and the other two board members serve as executives of One Hope, an evangelical Christian organization funded by the Greens and Hobby Lobby directly. And I got this from uh, Vox. Right. So it's like, what? The writer is Asia Romano. Right. So what is the message? Because they're saying, okay, he gets us. He capitalized. So I'm, I'm assuming they're talking about Jesus Christ gets us. So, I, I mean, when I think of someone washing another person's feet, I think of a servant and I think of it. I think of the, of servant in a good way, like you're serving humanity. You're serving our society. Yeah, but they said Jesus didn't hate. He washed feet. Right. So the message is trying me, to get is, rid of hate. Like we should be helping folks out, not hating folks. That's the message. No, but, I okay. No, but who is us? When they say he gets us, they're talking about evangelical Christians. No, I think he's talking about they, the way they want us to believe is they're talking about people, humans that are on this planet. He gets us. So if he gets us and this is what he did, we should follow in his footsteps. I don't think they're pointing themselves out. Okay, this is how I read it. This is how I read it. Okay, so you said these people are evangelical Christians. They obviously, they support these conservative issues where they're anti-gay, anti-trans, whatever. That's what's reported about. Hold on, hold on. That's what's reported about the groups behind these ads right right so i i'm look at i'm looking at it like they're saying we are serving society by taking the positions that we're taking so don't we don't hate anybody we love everybody we're serving people okay right. we're trying to help humanity this is what we're trying to do right and people and so, and, and the and reason people why, critical right and the reason why i'm confused cuz i'm like why would you need to take out an ad during the Super Bowl to convince us that you are good people. That's to me is very scary because it's like you, uh, I, you I, 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 wait, 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 wait. I absolutely see I nothing, nothing wrong with that. Like a person that goes to church, you know, I see nothing wrong with but, that. Now, well, if these groups, hold on, hold on, let me finish. Let me, let me, let me just clarify. Let me just clarify. If these folks are at the same time funding uh, these different uh, cases and policies about anti-gay, anti-transgender, anti-woman, anti-race, then yeah, I have a huge issue with that. But as far as the commercials themselves, they had one on last year at the Super Bowl too. Well, that's um, what I'm telling you. That's why they. That's why to me they have to have the commercials because we see what you're doing, and many of us don't approve of it. So you're trying to take out a commercial to convince me that I shouldn't 
feel the way I feel about what you're doing. And you want to convince me that you're not hating on anyone. But I don't know if that this is that's what how I, that's how this I is feel. what is reported. Did you know that prior to the commercial? When you saw the commercial, did you think, oh, the group behind this is anti this, anti that, anti this when the ads came on? Did you I know told that? you what I thought when I first saw it, I was confused. I'm like, what? What is this? Like, what? What is happening right now? And then I'm like, I I, I immediately got suspicious because I feel some type of way about somebody trying to convince me that they're good. Like I'm already. Yeah, I'm all right. You shouldn't have that's to saying Christ You shouldn't have to take out an ad to convince that's someone. saying Christ is good. I don't see how they're saying we. I'm telling you how I took it. He gets us. Us meaning the people behind the commercial. So but how did how did you know good. that? How did you, you know that? Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. If you truly knew that, if you truly knew the people behind the commercial, they were saying he gets us like the organization behind the commercial. Kudos to you. I think most people who watched that didn't see that. You know, who, who if no, I didn't I'm read that saying, article. No, I'm not saying I knew what we, we, we just read in the article. I'm not saying that That's at what all. It sounds like you said. No, that. I'm not saying I didn't know that until we read these articles. But what I'm saying to you is that my antenna went up because I just am skeptical about people trying to convince other people that they are good people. You, all you have to do is just live. And and people often say, how are they I, trying to convince people that they're good people? To me, that ad was about bringing souls to Christ, period, and non-hate. That's what I got out of it. Now, if you got something out of it, like they're trying to convince uh, that he gets us and us was only them. Okay. I told you how I read it. I read I, okay. That's what I, you I said. I told I'm, you how I saw it. The way I looked at it, I was like, okay, he gets us means they are there. Jesus understands our intention. Jesus understands that what we're trying to do by uh, promoting and facilitating these anti-gay movements. How, how did you get that at the commercial? If you just said because I'm a person you, and I'm wait, a wait, consumer, wait, wait. You and just that's said, how I took Kim, it. You just said you didn't know about this information until you read it. So I'm, I'm saying the, I didn't know about the exact organizations that were behind the commercial, but I told you when I saw it, my antenna went up like something ain't right. Like I don't, I, I, I don't, I don't, I'm not receptive I, I, I'm skeptical about people who are trying to convince you that they're good. Okay, pause. That they're not right. doing anything. Pause right wrong. there. Let, let me let, ask you just one small. Us. We're helping humanity. Pause. Let me ask you this question: At that time, did your skeptic skepticism lead you to think? That they were supporting anti-gay legislation, anti-LGBT. No. Okay, so I'm trying to no. figure out how who is the us because when they said us, my interpretation is they're speaking to everyone. He gets us. Christ gets us all. He understands us all. There's no need to hate, right? Christ is about love. That's what I took from it. Okay. When you, oh, you read, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me finish. When you read these reports, then you can go back and say, hmm, why are they doing that? And then I can see 
you coming up with that reaction then after you knew that it was anti-gay legislation. But prior to that, I thought it was just an uh, innocent. And I saw the commercial last year. I saw a commercial last year. And I'm like, okay, these Super Bowl ads ain't cheap. You know, I'd be like, uh, I don't even know, like (laughs) millions of dollars for a 30 second spot, you know. Yeah, millions of dollars they spent. They talked about that in the ad. So I'm thinking to myself, this it couldn't be a, an actual religious organization. That's a lot of money to spend. And then if it is a religious organization, like a church, you know, I was like, this can't be a church, like spending that kind of money on a, on a commercial. Like, and I didn't take it as um, trying to win souls to Christ. I took it as self-promotion. Who, I took who, it as PR. Who, That's how who, I took it. Who? They don't, show it who the group, they don't show who the group is. They don't tell you who they are. I know. Like I said, when I first saw it, I thought it was going to be one of those uh, Church of the Latter-day Saints. But it, but it, it didn't do that. So it's just a commercial with it doesn't say funded by event. Well, I don't remember it saying anything like that. It just ended. It just said with the words on the bottom. The Christ. problem is it's not, especially given what we learned from reading the articles, it's not religious. To me, it's political. I don't disagree with you after the article. That's what I'm saying to me. So it's two different discussions we have going on. But I I'm think saying it- when we saw it on the Super Bowl, and like I said, we haven't fact-checked any of this stuff. This is what we heard from a reporter from Vox, right? We haven't fact-checked her to make sure that this is going on or who funded the situation. We're taking this lady's word at it. Not not saying she's lying, but I'm talking just solely at the time of the commercial. That's all. At the I'm- time of the commercial, my spidey senses, my spidey senses went up at the time of the commercial. Okay, you was just like Keith Sweat. I, you I, were I like prefer- something ain't right. That's what right, you right because I'm like. I, I just feel like as a as as Christians, to me, it's more persuasive to be a living epistle. That's what people say. It's 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 more effective to live a sermon than to preach one. So if you, you're trying to reconcile people to Jesus Christ, then you should live your life in a way that will draw people to want to know. So you what don't you think. Have. You don't think instead witness- of trying to convince someone. Wait, 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 wait. You, know you mean? don't. That's- you don't. Wait, wait, wait. You don't think. Wi- you don't think witnessing, witnessing about Christ is something that people need to do. What did you didn't hear that from what I just said? No. Yeah. No. You. You basically you, said so, live your you, life. You said so living live- a life is not being a witness. Living no, a life. No, I'm saying vocal- I'm, I'm saying vocally. I'm saying vocally witness to well it's going to come out in your speech as well i'm talking about going out like uh jehovah witnesses do and the nation of islam does there's many different ways to do it but i'm just saying are you saying (laughs) a commercial just raises suspicion to me personally so you should market or promote god i don't think it's necessary I think because 
We're all, if you're a Christian. That's a different answer. Because you're, you're not saying no to it. You're not saying no. I'm not. You're not saying no, we shouldn't. You're not saying that. I, I'm not saying that. To me, it requires a more personal interaction when you're trying to reconcile someone to Christ and you have the ministry of reconciliation. We're all, if you're a Christian, you're called to the ministry of reconciliation and that is drawing people to Christ. And the way that you do that is you let your own light shine and that attracts people to, to you. And then you can, once you have a relationship with someone, then you can be more effective in reconciling someone to Christ. I was a in the grocery store. Like not, was, it's impersonal. That's I was in me. the grocery store last week and a Hispanic girl and a white girl came up to me while I was grocery shopping and they said, can we pray with you? Mm -hmm. uh, and do you have a second to hear about God's word? And I said, my response was, I always have time to hear about God's word. And sure, you can pray with me or for me. That's what I said. Okay. Well, they I don't have a, that's, that's fine for you. That wouldn't have been me. You would have said no. I, oh, yes. Because wow. number one, number wow. one, I don't know you. And because I don't know you. I don't know. I don't know what your prayers. You could be praying a curse on me. I, I don't know what you believe. But so, you but you believe that God how do you, is. How do, how do you want somebody to pray for you and you don't know what they believe? Well, they talked about their belief in Christ first. They told me that. Okay. Well, I'm not I'm not prayed. opposed to hearing someone talk about God. I'm not opposed to that. But I'm not sure if I want someone to pray for me that I don't know. Because again, I don't know what you believe. And then I don't know you personally. I don't know what so you do in your personal when, life. When, it could when, be all wrong. Tragedy, and I don't want tragedies, that spirit up on me. When tragedies happen and we cover them on our podcast and we go, we send our prayers and condolences, you praying for them then? And you don't know them? You praying That's for the family? Different. Yeah, they don't, yeah, they don't know me. They don't know whether the they don't know whether whether the prayer is going out or not. Yeah, we pray for all mankind, all humankind. We pray, we pray for our leaders. We pray, we pray for for everyone. But I'm just saying, if you're specifically asking someone personally to pray for you, or someone offers to pray for you, don't you want to know the person? Don't you want to know how they live their life? Don't you want to know? No, I don't need to know that. I don't. Okay. I, don't, I mean, I don't need to know that. I mean, I from need afar, to. I agree with you with the Christianity. Like, what are they praying for? But if they come up to me, like. Felicia didn't like Jehovah Witnesses coming into the house. I said, I don't have a problem talking about God. If we're going to open up the King James Bible or the NIV Bible and you're going to come in, we're going to talk about it. Let's talk right now. I'm astute enough to know when you talking enough of something that don't mix right with the Bible. But if you opening up the Bible and you reading verses to me and I see it's a similar Bible or the same Bible that I have. Let's talk. You know what I'm saying? I, I don't have a problem with that. I'm not against those who don't want strangers in their house. You know, I get that too. You know, but for one, I'm like, yeah, hey, come on in. I did that so much. The Jehovah Witnesses used to come to my house when they had a new person that they was teaching how to witness. They said, we have somebody else that wants to talk. And I said, all right, come on in. I got some time. And 
would bring them up. You know how many they came over the house because, and they said, we want to thank you. We know you attend a different church, but a lot of people close the door on us and we don't get a chance, right, to um, witness to them. And we don't get a chance of Let me training. find out they were using you to train. They were using you to train the, uh, the new members. But they, that's what they was saying that. They was like, we come by your house a lot right. because you let us in. And this is a way we know that we can get to train this individual how they talk. Because one thing you have to learn is when you go out, the Mormons do it too. They on their bicycles with their white shirts and they black ties. And I say, you know what? As a black church, we don't do that that much. And I think that we should do. Now, I remember black people used to be at the grocery store doing it. You know, they'll be out yeah. there with a microphone and they'll be preaching and everything like that. And they'll try to call people over to Christ. But we, we this is my opinion, we done got so like, this is a private thing we need to do. Like, we don't share our worship with and God said, with his two or three gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst. All right? I'm saying is that you need to know what, what, what these people are about because you mess around somebody being on work the root on you, and then what? But if you but <laughs> a curse I, on I, you, no, I, I, I agree with you on that, but I'm saying if That's they all I'm saying. if they talk to you first in the store, in the grocery store, mm -hmm. wherever they see you at. And they talk to you first, right? And you said you don't mind talking about Christ. So right. in that little setting, they convinced. It's like, can we pray? Like, because they asked me, is there anything we can pray for you? And I said, health and strength. And then they even went hard. Anything particular, I, I told them. I said, you know, I got type 2 diabetes, blah, blah, I'm blah. You said, I'm diabetical. Yeah, well, I ain't diabetical, <laughs> but I have diabetes. <laughs> it's different. Right. And they did pray for me on that. And I told Felicia, she was like, what? She was shocked, too. But I don't know. I, I feel like the advertisement is good. Learning what's behind the advertisement is something that I need to investigate. So at the same time, if you preaching one thing and you doing another, but they feel what they're doing. That's why I just said they're zealots. Remember evangelical. So they feel like you shouldn't kill a baby, right? They probably against the death penalty too. They're saying that homosexuality is a sin, blah, 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 blah. They're zealots. Now I'm not with that doctrines of zealots because I'm to me, we all sin and come fall short of the glory of God. So well, me, when I hear just mean you go hard for God, like I, we just going hard for God, but go ahead. But that's what they do, evangelicals do. That's what a zealot. That's what a zealot, a zealot does. You yeah. go okay, right? And maybe <laughs> I'm like, yeah, you gotta loosen up a little bit. <laughs> I don't, you know. See, but here's my thing with the with the um the people who are who are quote unquote witnessing to people trying to win souls to Christ on the street. I always look at it like like. I don't mind someone praying for me again that I know and I know what they believe and it's consistent with what I believe. But I feel like when they come to me, I'm already sold. So don't waste your time with me. I'm there. Go, you know. So but that's we, I, that's not but we always yeah. can use prayer, right? Well, it depends. Well, no, I'm talking about the whole trying to convert people. 
Like I'm already sold. You don't have to sell me on. Like when they come and tell you, can I tell you about God? You can just say like, I already, I'm, I already know. I'm a believer. Like I already know about. Well, God. they asked me a question. Like they asked me that. Are you a Christian? I said, yeah, I, I, I attend a church without walls every Sunday. Right. Do you believe? Yeah, and I, I, I say right. I do. But right. they still talked. They still. They were like. They were smiling. Then they was like, because okay, he can talk. We can talk to him about Christ already. Right. You know, and so that's, and that's what they good. did. And so yeah. then their attention is just like, well, you know, you a fellow Christian. Let's just pray. And I was like, okay. And people yes, were walking, prayers. people were walking by the store, you know, in the store walking. And I ain't see this until after I opened my eyes. They were looking back. They were looking back. They were looking back. And I was just like, I'm not ashamed. Of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm not ashamed. Or so, it is the power of salvation. To everyone who believes, you you're just a, you. Would you will say, have everlasting well, life. Are you? Would you say you're skeptical of certain people? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Of certain people. Yeah. I don't, so you don't you trust have, so you would have to read the person first. I don't be trusting people. I don't be trusting people. No. Mm -mm. No. 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 Are you hard? And like I said, that's why my spidey senses went up on that commercial. I'm like, that's strange. I didn't see the commercial as strange at all. I was like, hmm, okay. But yeah, anyway, I used actually used to like those um commercials from the uh what was it? Latter-day Latter Day, yeah. I used to like those commercials because it'd be like a little story, you know, and then at the end it'd be like a nice ending and everything. Well, I mean, that's what they had. No, they that had was that, that was weird. I was just like it, well, the Jesus was, watching yeah. wasn't the only only commercial they had. Right, I don't remember the other one. They had three uh, commercials. But just as I just as I thought, my spidey senses were right because it's not religious; it's political. Boy, by they tried it. I think it's both. Yeah, I think it's both. All right, and let us move on. Wrong visual. Can you? Uh, I gotta take a break. Can you? Um. Can you talk about? Can you introduce this while I take a break? I'm sorry. Yeah, I got it. Yeah, so this the new story is affordable housing being built in Beverly Hills. And this is a big story because a lot of residents of Beverly Hills do not want this done. Uh, they feel that, that the place doesn't have enough, uh, that place being Beverly Hills, doesn't have enough space um, to build these uh uh houses um so they're thinking why is this going on so in an article in the hollywood reporter it says following a december superior court ruling the affluent city finds itself entrenched in a battle over new developments that locals fear will change its trademark character for inhabitants of the country's most sought after zip code the unwelcome news came in december 
in a move to pressure the city to zone for more affordable housing, a restricted ruling by a superior court judge put a moratorium on Beverly Hills rights to approve any new home additions or project proposals by residents pending the approval of new homes for lower income locals. In this ultra exclusive community where home remodeling is practically a sport, the notion that all renovations from <laughs> simple kitchen remodels to multi-million dollar grotto installations would require the ushering in of outsiders or be delayed indefinitely brought a particular unease. So basically they're saying that Beverly Hills, which is 5.17 square miles, um, is the city they're saying is too small. The people who are pushing for the new housing, the new affordable housing are laughing at the residents and saying Beverly Hills does have the space. Um, so there's a lot of speculation of why this is being done. If you're watching on YouTube, um, they have a model of the affordable housing that will be um, built or erected in, in the area. It looks nice, um, but you can tell they are apartments. And I know sometimes residents who live in single uh, family, you know, houses don't want apartments in their community because it feels like it brings down the um the value of their community and as they said it will take away the character um that's a euphemism you know if i ever heard what do they mean by character exactly <laughs> like, only rich folks live here we don't want no poor folks coming up here um that's my exactly. takeaway doesn't say that, but to me, uh, that's what they're trying to get at. What say you? There's so much here. I mean, I think, I do think that this is a class issue though. Like you said, Beverly Hills is a very prestigious upper class or Tony neighborhood, T-O-N-E-Y, Tony. That's another word for just fancy and exclusive. They want to maintain the exclusivity of this neighborhood. Everybody knows Beverly Hills 90210. That's a, a very prestigious zip code. And so I just think that, um, you know, they just want to keep out a certain uh, element or people of a certain socioeconomic status. And they think that they assume that that is going to decrease the value of the community. And I don't, I just don't think that that is necessarily so. I think that California, like many states, um, probably not, California probably has this problem to a greater degree than most other states where the population is just continuing to grow. I think they said they have like 40 million people in California and they have a homelessness issue. And so affordable housing is a very serious problem and they are trying to come up with solutions to it. And so I don't think it's unreasonable for um, new uh, construction, new home construction projects 
to include a certain percentage of affordable housing for people that's more affordable because very few people can even afford to live in Beverly Hills. But I think that the whole, everyone there in California should have to share the burden of this housing crisis. So why should they be excluded from this obligation to make sure that everyone has access to affordable housing. It's just not fair to turn up your nose and be like, oh, there goes the neighborhood. And try, and that's and that's why I'm kind of I'm happy that this judge is putting everything on hold until they figure it out. All right. So also in that same article, it says the December 23 building uh, moratorium decision amounts to a judicial check on the city of Beverly Hills, which has failed for decades to submit a blueprint for affordable housing that the state deems adequate. All California cities are required to submit a plan known as the housing element to the state every eight years, outlining how they will accommodate a proportion of the population growth as California grapples with a statewide housing crisis. Exactly. Thank you for bolstering my point with uh, facts from the article because that's exactly it. Like just because you live in this fancy neighborhood does not mean that you should be excluded from this obligation that everybody in the state has like, no. So we all have to make sacrifices to solve the problem for the greater good. Do you understand what I'm saying? So, yeah, I do. I understand, but I understand both sides. I understand the pushback, um, but but it's kind of unfounded, though. Mm, I don't know about that. Because, oh, you showed that 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 was a nice looking building, right? But what it is is in when you have more people, right? You know, in some places it can't more foot traffic, things like that can bring down your uh property value also because it is it won't be exclusive anymore quote unquote but see i think people give quote unquote affordable housing a bad name and it's not necessarily so because what happens is you'll have this luxurious building and then they'll just set aside a certain percentage of the units in the building for they're calling them housing projects for middle income people they're calling them housing projects so that means it's subsidized probably based on your income well not the whole project though you see what i'm saying the whole project the housing projects is for affordable housing that means if you make a lot of money you ain't moving in there okay but from you have to be at a certain income level. Usually it's for just a certain percentage of the units in the building that have to be set aside because what they don't, because what happens is with the gentrification, they'll well, come in and push out the people who No, I understand what you're, I understand what you're saying, but they said they are building housing projects. Now the new housing projects that they're building 
they don't look like the old tenements and brick buildings. They do look like they fit with the decor of the neighborhood. Um, and, and that's why it's funded. So these places will be nice. Um, but th that's why I'm saying when they talk about character of the city, they could be talking about the aesthetics of the different edifices that they will build. But I'm sure that standard would be, like you said, according to that neighborhood. Um, I just think in a dog whistle type of way, they're talking about the element, the people that they're bringing into Beverly Hills. But see, that's the thing is I think you're picturing like they're going to take Barry Farms and pick it up and put it in Beverly Hills. That's no, they're going to take the people from Barry Farms <laughs> and put them in a better looking <laughs> Barry Farms in that neighborhood. You get what I'm saying? So it's not Barry Farms aesthetically. It's but the people that live in Berry Farms would move out. And I do think when you move into a better situation, you you act you tend to act different too. It can change your environment can change your behavior. Do you agree with that? You talking about in a good way. You're not saying in a good only, way. In you're not saying way. they they trying to act brand new. <laughs> That's a bad way. Yeah. Even if they're trying to act brand new, I think the folks in Beverly Hills would appreciate that. Like, you get what I'm saying? So I don't know this for sure. So let me state that. But right. that's usually I don't what happens. There, there, is, there is what you say. Like, they build buildings. and Say, for instance, there are 62 um, units in the building, and they reserve eight of them for affordable right. housing. That's what I think yeah. it is. No, but they said they're they're trying to build three housing projects in Beverly Hills. Three. That's what they said. So to me, they're gonna be fancy and maybe it's not going to be a big place like where there's a multitude of people. Maybe each unit, each building might not carry more than 20 units. And so it's not a big deal if you got three of those different places and it's a total of 60. 60 okay, here, here, we, here we go. Listen to this. It says, for the current eight-year cycle, Beverly Hills has been assigned a target of 3,104 additional homes. Three quarters of these must be earmarked for low and middle income residents. Mm -hmm. In order to both reach the target number and maintain the city's character preserving zoning, units were proposed in some of the city's fully leased office buildings and a local Jewish community. Even the headquarters of the Academy of Motion Pictures was included. So, so you, yeah, you, that's you, what, what was the big number? 3,000? It didn't say 300,000. 3,104. 3,104. So that means it has to be 1,020. Well, actually. 1,000. And it's not all low. You, you 1, heard it's 000, low and middle income. 1,000. Uh, 1,026. That's one third, I believe. Actually, it's more than I thought. It's three quarters. That's 
Wow. So that's yeah. a lot. Yeah. yeah. But then the other Welcome thing is, is the neighborhood. I know, but it's not all low income. It's middle income too. It's low to middle income. That right. means the middle income couldn't afford to live in Beverly Hills. It says low and middle income residents. Yeah. That means that the middle income couldn't afford to live in Beverly Hills. I right. mean, to this upper probably income people that can't live in Beverly Hills. But but my thing is, you got to spread that burden around. Everybody has to make sacrifices so that a few people don't have to make all the sacrifice on their own. You understand what I'm saying? So everybody sacrifice a little. So the, I get it. I yeah. get what you're saying and I'm all for it. But when you're paying for exclusivity, you're paying for a lot of things. You're paying to move away from the quote unquote riffraff. And I don't, I don't think it's fair though to characterize people who are low and middle income as riffraff. It's not well, fair. I'm not. See now, you saying that I'm classifying them all that way, and I'm not. But you said this is about class. So you talk about social economic status. I'm sorry. Right. With class, sometimes comes a certain behavior. Some people with money are as jerks. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right. But you know, you you you're you're not castigating me, but you're saying like you're stereotyping. I am. I am. I am stereotyping because And you're okay I, with that. You think that's right? I'm stereotyping because I believe that's what the people in Beverly Hills are thinking about. I don't care. I I grew up in that, for part of my life I lived in the housing projects. And we were good citizens living in a housing projects. Right. I get that. So I'm not pushing against that, but what I'm trying to speak for, I'm trying to and I'm not advocating for them, but I'm just saying I think this is the way they could be thinking. Not all of them, but some like, yeah, welcome that's to the exactly neighborhood. That's exactly what they're thinking. That's exactly okay, what so they're that's, thinking. That's yeah. what I'm articulating. That's what they're fearful of. Like, right. you know, and I'm just place, saying, yeah. in some apartment buildings, like here's something that bothers me, right? You live in an apartment building and somebody on their balcony has their clothes hanging out on their balcony, mm -hmm. right? On that's the outside. unsightly. Right, know? it's unsightly. But that's me and my taste, but that might be practical to them. So how can my taste, you know, be the one that's there? But they have building, you know, associations that make sure that certain things you can't place on. Just like they have HOA, you can't have cars on bricks. You can't have several cars in your par driveway unless you're having a party. They, they made us get rid of oil leak in our driveway. Right. You understand what I'm saying? The bushes got to be trimmed a certain way. Exactly. Why, why do they do that? That is to keep the aesthetics of the neighborhood up to par. And that does help with the value. Like they always say, right. uh, what curb appeal. And that's not unreasonable. I it's don't not think that's unreasonable. unreasonable. So yeah. what they're trying to say is our community, what are they going to build next? If you have affordable housing, do you need stores that are affordable too? Like they're going to be able to service people. Like, cause everybody can't go. You, you live in low income houses. You ain't going to be able to shop at a Whole Foods. I don't know. I don't know. Not, okay. Well, Whole Foods, 
costs more than the regular grocery store. Have you been in Whole Foods? Mm-hmm. Okay. Do, would you agree with that? That it costs more? Yeah, it's yeah. a little more expensive. Yeah. yeah. You're saying a little more? Sometimes it's like two dollars. Right, but everybody, shoot, they might be able to afford more than you. I mean, because a lot of times low-income people will get, um, you know, assistance. Um, assistance, right? Yeah. They might have an EBT card. You can buy, you know, good food from Whole Foods with a just because it's subsidized doesn't that no, mean that's true. I'm not saying that, but you, you get more, all of us do. We get more for our money at the regular. Oh, like, listen, I, I'm, I'm, I'm gainfully employed, and I go to Aldi. I go, I mean, I shop everywhere, but I, I'm not above going to all the like, you know, discount stores or BJ's or whatever to save money. Everybody wants to save money, you know, so, and Whole Foods, all of them, you know, you get certain things from certain stores. My brother likes Trader Joe's. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah this is a definitely serious issue. And let us move on. This was beef. Beef is when you need to cast to go to sleep. Beef is when your moms ain't safe up in the streets. Beef is when I see you. Guaranteed to be in I see you. One more time. What's beef? Beef is when you make your enemies start your jeep. Beef is when you roll no less than 30 deep. Beef is when I see you. Guaranteed to be in I see you. I see you. What's beef? This week is <laughs> Shannon Sharp and Mike Epps. Shannon oh Sharp God. said some things on Club Shay Shay. No, it wasn't Club Shay Shay. It was, it was uh, uh, Nightcap. Nightcap with yeah. Ocho. Yeah, Ocho. Did you ever get the like the full story on what exactly happened? I, I couldn't really it, piece it all together. All right, so this is my take on it. Mike Epps says some jokes about Shannon Sharp, right? And but he also said that Shannon asked him to come on the show. Hold on, back up, back up, back up. Okay, the jokes were they like calling Shannon Sharp gay or? Yeah, one of them was. Yeah. Okay, what what else? What did you do? You know what the other jokes were? Um, said he was gay. He looked he... like something with his head, uh, Medea something. Uh, okay. Yeah. So he Shannon Sharp didn't have a problem per se with that. That's what Shannon Sharp said. said right. Shannon Sharp he said he was upset because Mike F said that Shannon Sharp asked him to come on the show. Why did that upset him so much? That's the part I didn't get. Like why? That's what nobody gets because everybody thinks you really mad at the, the slugs he threw at you and you trying to use this as a cover up. Right, because his whole thing was, don't lie on me. Like, yeah. I get your jokes hard. off. Your jokes, okay, yeah. you're a comedian. Get your jokes off. But do not lie on me and say that I reached out to you and invited you on my show when it was the other way around. Why did that get him so upset? Like, I don't get that. Nobody does. <laughs> so... Well, okay, I, I must say this is just truly speculation on my part. And I heard a lot of people because I watch a lot of podcasts too. And I just think that was more of the situation. But, you know, 
they scratched all of that. They met up in Indiana because the All-Star game comes on tonight. This has been All-Star weekend for the NBA, if y'all don't, y'all haven't noticed that. And uh, Mike Epps is a native Indianapolis kid. And so he was saying, you coming to my hometown and you going to pull up on me? But before he even got there, they spoke and they squashed the beef. And then when they got to, uh, when Shannon Sharp got to Indianapolis, they took a picture together. They both smiled and they all teased. So everything is good. But it was a little. It was a little what? I said there was beef at first because when you threaten and that's what we said when you when you threatening to pull up on somebody, that's taking it there. That's taking I see, it. There. I didn't think I didn't you I didn't take it like that. Yeah, I, I know you said it. that. Yeah, I took it more. I mean, to me, it's it's a little bit of selling wolf tickets and a little bit of just when he said, I'm gonna see you and when I see you I'm gonna see if you about it like and I took that to mean I'm gonna see if you try to backtrack and say you you didn't say what you said yeah no so, you the only one thought we, that way and we're gonna straighten this out you really think you you, you the no, only one thought that way there is no way that you think Shannon Sharp was gonna subject himself to liability by harming someone He's Shannon got too Sharp much going. He got was too at much a game. basketball game with the Lakers. I heard about against that. Against the Oklahoma, no, the Memphis Grizzlies. And he had beef with uh, the guy who's on Houston now. Um, they traded him away. The one that had was playing around with LeBron. It'll come to my light skin, dude. It'll come to my head. He had beef, and then the Wizards came over. I mean, the, Mem- the Grizzlies came over. John Morant came over and Shannon was acting a fool. Now Shannon apologized and he Wait, said he, he put was his hands on somebody? No, they everybody got in between it. But okay. you know, Shannon was so, trying to take off his sweater, but Shannon and apologized. I think that's all it was. Go ahead. No. If you watch that videotape, he was angry. Shannon was ready to go. I know, but Come I on, think let me finish Kim. He was ready to go. But do you know the next day when he got on skip, he apologized. He said he was wrong. What he did, he shouldn't have reacted that way. Uh Brooks was his name. Uh, what's his name? The light skin dude starts with a Devin, I think. No, I don't know. It's not Devin Brooks. Uh, it's something Brooks mm-hmm. that you know, um, that the situation was with. So what I'm saying is it doesn't seem like Shannon is below, as you would say, throwing him hands. <laughs> <laughs> I really don't think he's trying to fight anybody. He was not. I don't think he's going to ever put hands on anyone, especially with the notoriety that he has now. Yeah. I just he's think just also you're sending a bad message to the little, excuse me, the little kids, you know, the mm-hmm. young kids, the adolescents. Like, this is how you solve your, con- you yeah. resolve your conflicts by fighting but well i'm glad they worked it out but see what does this do though this to me and that's why i I said he was selling wolf tickets now if mike epps does come on club shay shay everybody is going to want to watch it see what i'm saying 
That's why he said he ain't stupid. Oh, Shay Shay, smart. Okay, this yeah. is marketing. And let us move on. All right. Am I tripping game.com? We about to play am I tripping game.com. This was a game created by Reese Colbert, the proprietor of Black Women Views. You can get these at I am tripping game.com. I am tripping. Am I tripping game.com? I'm not tripping. Okay. okay, let's get the three going. All right. Behind closed doors, my boyfriend calls me cute pet names like baby and babe. But in public, he calls me buddy. It makes me feel insecure, like he is ashamed of me and is trying to downplay our relationship to others. Am I tripping? No, if that's how you feel, you're not tripping. Say my name, say my name. If no one is around you, say, baby, I love you. If you ain't running game, say my name, say my name. Okay. <laughs> you like, are you going to finish your song? So you, you, you're, you're agreeing with me then. She's not tripping. You're not tripping. Okay. You're not tripping. Don't 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 be one way in private and one way in public. Don't do that. I think Buddy's affectionate too, though. So the only person I know who I've heard use that word affectionately is Heavenly Kimes on the Married to Medicine reality show. Uh, she, Dom, Dominic Foxworth on Roses and Thorns on his he calls his wife Buddy like sometimes. What's up, Buddy? Like that. I think that's you know endearing but if she doesn't see it that way you're not tripping you're allowed to address it he might saying i'm being more affectionate by calling you that it depends on each person's interpretation of the word buddy well if she feels a way about it that's what i just said if she yeah. feels a way about it it's worth addressing right. he might say in response okay i didn't know that because I thought I was being more affectionate because people would say, oh, they call each other buddy. You know, that's cute. That's nice. That's it's not definitely not a, a negative term, but, you know, I get it. Whatever is, you know, making you feel some type of way, then address it. Okay. I use I use um, the words of endearment with my husband, but I don't think he really has any words of endearment for me. He just calls you Kim. Or Bucket. Because we have like a... <laughs> I'm scared to know what that nickname okay. is for. Let me tell you the story. Okay. Okay. So, Bucket is short for Buckethead. And... Buckethead? Buckethead. Because we... Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. it's like an inside thing where we had... One day, we're talking about something having some type of argument or whatever it was. And we ended up, I think, I can't remember if I ended up calling him Buckethead or he called me Buckethead. And ever since, and we thought it was funny at the time. And so ever since then, we just kept calling each other Buckethead. And so for short, sometimes he'll As just call do. me Buckethead. 
Yeah. Okay. Yeah. In public oh, too. Sometimes. I mean, wow. it just depends on the situation. But I use I call him dear. Dear? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I use the word babe. Yeah, you do. I noticed that. Yeah. What does what does she call you? Same thing. Okay. You ready for the second scenario? But my name is sexy though. You're like, wait a minute, I got something else to say. No, about no, I just think if you call me by my name, I think my name rings out sexy. Shantae. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to say it with any tonality, but yeah. Shantae. Yeah, that's all it does. Okay. Well, at least you know I that feel means, that way. You know what that means to sing in French? <laughs> no, I didn't know that. Of course yes. I know that. <laughs> Okay, um, Shantae Agilon. Agilon means uh, praises in the midst of fire. I know that's right. So you if you put the two together, it means to sing praises in the midst of fire. Well, you better go ahead and do that. Your mother knew what she was doing. Yeah. That's a she left you with. That's a heck of a name right there. Yeah, I don't, should, she ain't purposely because she didn't name me either one. Her girlfriend named me Shantae. My uncle named me Agilon. Okay. All right. So here's the second scenario. I was having lunch alone when I discovered a random guy in the restaurant had paid for my meal. I later told my husband and his reaction was that I must have done something to get my meal paid for. Well, I didn't. And I wasn't going to block my blessing by insisting that I paid for something already covered. What? Did you get that? Am I tripping? No. Hmm. So, okay. So, all right. So she's in, the, she's by herself in the restaurant. How did she know that the guy did that? If he didn't say, if he, because, if, because the waiter will come to you and say, uh, don't worry about it. Your meal was paid by. Okay. So, by so, so, so read it again from the beginning. Cause it sounded like she figured it out. Go ahead. I was having lunch alone when I discovered a random guy in the restaurant had paid for my meal. Okay. So I, we just don't know how she discovered it. All right. right. I, I later told my husband and his reaction was that I must've done something to get my meal paid for. In other words, he's accusing her of flirting or whatever. Yeah. And she said, well, I didn't, I didn't do anything to get my meal paid for. And I wasn't, up. and she's saying, I wasn't going to block my blessing by insisting that I pay for something already covered. Right. So she's saying, oh, okay. She's she, saying like, I wasn't going to say no to him. Right. And pay for it myself to make you feel better to me. To right. But my thing is, is that something that you need to tell your spouse? No. No, like, what's the big deal? Like, it's totally innocent. Like, but if you do tell him, it's still innocent. You know, like, if 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 you if you have a man that's jealous like that, then it's good to know early. And that's exactly what's going on here. He's jealous. Like, if you gonna get have that reaction, I would have. If you if my husband came home and told me that a woman paid for his or somebody paid for his meal, I'd have been like, oh, you that was. If you lucky. are jealous, I tell men all the time. If you a jealous person, don't pick somebody attractive <laughs> that's hard to do because first of all 
Then you can't be the, jealous. You beauty can't, is in the eye of the beholder. So what you what what does that mean? Like somebody, everybody looks good to somebody. Right. Yes, right. But there are some bodies that look good <laughs> to everybody. <laughs> <laughs> so if you get in one of those. Right. Because you wouldn't put yourself in the category. I only look good to my husband. No, you look good to a lot of people, but you, you pick the one you want to love and stay with and be, you know, with the rest of your life. So to me, you will want, I would think, uh, you will want someone uh, to be attracted to your significant well, other. I don't think she tripping at all. I don't think she tripping. No, I think the husband is tripping. She would have been tripping if she like, said, oh, no, I'm going to pay for it myself. I think the husband is tripping because you, this is a woman you picked to marry. And now you're going to accuse her of wrongdoing? I, I think. Of doing well, something. You know what I'm saying? Like, well. He he didn't say actually wrong doing. He said something. See to me, what I would say to him Shante, is, Shante, he implied he implied that she did something to get it. Like you did right, something. She, yeah, like but that doesn't wrong, mean it's flirtatious or whatever. That doesn't mean it's see. You go there. It doesn't mean wrong doing. Say for instance, the gentleman came in and he was trying to figure something out. And nobody knew where the location was. And she says, sir, it's at the such and such, such and such on this street. And if you go this way, you'll get there quicker. And, and, and he, he says, paid her. He paid for her. Meal. Exactly. So that's nothing sexual. But what I'm saying is to me, the man assisting that is to me saying to your wife, you don't think your wife is fly enough, period, to get somebody's attention and make them want to buy them a meal. That's what it's almost. It's almost like insulting. Like, wait, there's plenty of people want to buy me meals, you know? <laughs> <laughs> That's how I look at it. Like, whoa. Yeah. And and and, and the fact that she tell is telling him she's trusting that he's not a jealous person. Because if right. it was a jealous person, you wouldn't tell him that. And the other thing is, is if she had done something nefarious or something shady to get it paid for. Why would she even volunteer the information to her husband? Exactly. So give her the benefit of the doubt. Stop right. tripping. Stop being yeah. jealous. Like, yeah, she she unbuttoned three buttons and, and let her boobs hang out a little bit. Yeah, you ain't going to go home and say that. Like, I did the boob trick and, you know, I, I got me a meal. You know? Look, that's less money coming out of your household. You need to be like, oh, lucky you. you I would have said to her, well, since you was going to buy something for yourself, maybe you can buy something for me now. <laughs> <laughs> let, exactly. Let that, let that nigga treat me to something. <laughs> exactly. Okay, here's the third. Here's the third and final scenario. My barber is in the best. I'm already starting off wrong. My barber is the best in the city. And I have never had beef with him. However, I can't overlook him getting into multiple fights at his shop. After the first one, I gave him the benefit of the doubt. But after he was sucker punched and knocked out, I had to cut ties. No, Am I tripping? Yeah, you tripping. 
Yeah, you're tripping because he said he was sucker punched. But basically, it sounds like he or she is saying that they fired their barber because they got the barber got his behind wood. Got his yeah, butt wood. Sounds like. <laughs> like I ain't I ain't nobody cut my hair that can't fight. Exactly. Like, like that's like gonna it, that's gonna make my hair could look worse. Right. Like you didn't have a problem when he was fighting at first. Yeah. I wouldn't like the fact that this fight's going on in a barbershop. That yeah. would make me yeah. not be there. Because that means if fighting is constantly going on in a barbershop, something really can jump off. Okay, so what's more important to you as when you had hair? Because you can cut your own hair now, right? That's what I do. Right. So when, when you had hair and you wanted to go get your edge up or whatever y'all get, get your fade or whatever. Yeah. Is it more important to you for your barber to cut your hair the way you want it, exactly how you want it? And is it more important for you to have a good barber or is it more important for you to be in a, 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 a Uh, space that is relaxing and that you can, you don't have to worry about this kind of thing happening? Like, well, I wouldn't want to worry about that, but it doesn't have to be relaxing because I like debate at a barbershop. Okay. If black men, that's one of the black masculine spaces, as long as like a lady isn't there with her son, you know, then language can fly the way it wants to. And we can talk as black men and that's therapeutic. Mm -hmm. Um, If it gets, if it's too turbulent or, you know, too hostile, what's the word I'm looking for? Too tumultuous. Mm -hmm. How about that? Then yeah, I I would stop coming to the barbershop or I would say, Hey man, I, I'm going to get there as soon as you open because I know at 8 o'clock in the morning ain't no beef jumping off because at high noon, it's like the okay corral, you know? And so I wouldn't want that. But so, then you yeah. don't have the you don't have the camaraderie. You don't have the people sitting around because it's just going to be probably you and him at 8 o'clock. Well, the, no, I think the, the, the older people come in earlier and get their stuff done out of the way. So you'll have old man conversation. Okay, and be some yeah, good conversation. You, you, you want that NBA, NFL conversation. like, okay. And you want that rap conversation. You know, uh, you, you want all of those. Uh, or Right now, there's a lot to talk about. So people probably talked about uh, Cat Williams. They talked about, you know, Monique, blah, blah, blah. Well, what's the fr- do you recall like the funniest thing you've ever heard in a barbershop that had you just doubled over cracking up laughing? I mean, it's too many to recall. Too many, so, yeah. Because <laughs> it, it, sometimes it's jo- like you can go to a barbershop where they busting on each other, like y'all oh, okay, say jo- yeah. joining. Yeah. yeah, that's always so, yeah. That 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 is something that is hilarious to me. Um, when that when that goes on in the barbershop, you know, oh, oh somebody usually tells a story a funny story that what happened to them or if we talking about how we got busted, you know, things of that nature. Uh, right. You know, so yeah, there's some personal stuff that goes on that makes everybody laugh. It's just comments, but no, I can't, I, I can't recall a, a certain one off the top of my head. Okay. But, okay. So that's, am I tripping our scenario game? <laughs> All righty, here we go. And let us move on. Like this, keep it, keep on.
today, for our little-known Black history fact, we want to continue our series on Drowning Black Towns. Drowning Black Towns was another form of ethnic cleansing used to take away Black generational wealth and make the area wider. Drowned towns, as they were called, are towns and villages flooded by the creation of dams, destroyed by the advancing sea, or washed away in floods and never rebuilt. One such town is Fanta Flora, North Carolina. While the population was a small one of sharecropping and farming families, our ancestors did well here on their own. Many of these people would be displaced when the village was closed to create Lake James in 1916. There are a few descendants left, but they were never given a dime. They migrated to parts of Asheville, North Carolina, and other nearby towns. There is, however, a white-owned brewery in nearby Morganton, North Carolina, that had named their business after the area that many are unaware even existed. Fanta Flora, North Carolina, which is now buried under Lake James, our little-known Black history fact. All right. Yeah, I saw that uh, brewery they have there. Um, I didn't pull that picture because it's just a lot of folks at the brewery um, that don't look like us, too. So what is it called? Fonta Flora Brewery? Brewery, yeah. Wow. Uh, wow. I think, uh, or just Fonta Brewery. Um, mm -hmm. But wow. it is ironic. Yeah. yeah. All right. And let us move on. All right, that's our new little plug for the week. You don't want no problems, what? You just talking. Oh, you don't who? want no problems. You just talking. Who uh, sings that? Don't want no problems. You just talking. Don't want no problems. You just talking. Don't want no problems. You just talking. So that's Ty Dolla Sign and Kanye. And okay. I forgot the the lady. She has like two letters, like this funny Y in the end as her name. Um, so hmm. I think that's the people. But it's Ty Dolla Sign and Kanye. I don't know if she raps. I just put in the plug like talking, and I had a lot of different stuff. But some had too much cursing, you know. Okay. Um, but if you know a song that has the word, because I look, you know, talk of the week or talk of the town uh there was a good one uh but it had too much cursing in it it was like in you just in you just unless you do uh it was jeezy's it was jeezy's song 
Oh, okay. I don't know that one. Unless you do Michelle Indigayo cello. Which one is that? Here I sit outside your door. Talk to me. Okay, let me. I'll I'll throw that in there. That's my joint, actually. I know, right? Yeah, I love that song about her. Like, I, I love her as an entertainer. A lot of people don't go to her shows because. It's a large lesbian crowd, um, but it don't that don't bother me. <laughs> how do you how do you pronounce her last name? Uh, Michelle O Ocello Ocello is the last name. Indige Ocello. Indige Ocello, yeah. Okay. People pronounce it differently. Michelle Indige Ocello. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. this is Monique. Monique, did you see the interview? I did. I watched the entire thing. You scared me for a second because I was about to say, no, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> no, I watched it. You know, I'm I'm up on Club Shay Shay. All right, so let's talk about it. What, what, you, what you think about the interview? Well, I think it's interesting. I think that Shannon Sharp has created something very unique here. Um, his platform seems to be basically, and, and you know, they coined it as a space of truth. Yeah, but it's almost yeah 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 and it's almost as if he has become like a therapist almost because it just seems like people especially with the Cat Williams interview and now with Monique have come onto his platform and just divulged everything that has been weighing on them but, you know, part of it is that these two people happen to be loquacious and forthcoming with information. Not everybody is, is, is that open and honest. But I think that's what has made for these two compelling interviews or, as he calls it, conversations that he's had with these people, Cat uh, Williams and now Monique. So I thought, you know, I don't know. If I learned anything new, because I knew like she had this ongoing beef, if you will, with um, Oprah. Oprah and Ty- Tyler Perry. And uh, what's the director's name who apologized? Uh, Lee Daniels. Yeah, Lee Daniels. Right. So I knew about that before. Um, maybe I learned a little bit more about her upbringing. I, I don't even think Lee Daniels had to apologize for that, but go ahead. For what he, for his, well, I think that she has been, I, I don't know. I think she has been treated unfairly at first. I think I was thinking when this, when she first disclosed this conflict that she had with them for, um, when she was supposed to be promoting precious, and they wanted her to do um, the, the press junket and, you know, go around and promote the movie. And she kind of drew a line in the sand and set up boundaries and said, I'm not going to go overseas and leave my family and promote this um, movie for free. Like, I'm not, I'm, you know, I already took $50,000 to do it. Like, now y'all want me to go around and work for free and be away from my family. I thought, you know, I at first I was thinking that she should not, that maybe there was another way that she could handle it at first is what I thought. But in hindsight, 
I'm glad that she finally spoke up because I see that it's, it's not uncommon for this to happen. And it looks like, as usual, it's happening a lot to Black actors, especially Black women. And so I'm glad, and this is what we were talking about with the words of wisdom today, that, you know, it takes courage to resist this kind of, um, I'm going to call, I'm going to call it unfair treatment. Okay. Let me, I, I have to jump in because if you keep rolling, we're going to forget this because this is a, a point of contention that I have. What's that? I don't mind that Monique did that, but Monique shouldn't be surprised if somebody says to her, just as, about her, like, you, you need to put it in a contract with her because she's not going to go to around the, the, the world to do publicity. Now, to me, you would have to ask, like you said, this seems like a frequent and common thing. If, mm -hmm. if people have been doing it all the time and then you choose not to because you're not getting paid, you have every right to do so. And you can applaud her, but don't think that people might not construe that as you being difficult. Well, here's the thing, though. It, it, you can't compare those situations unless you know all the information, unless you know more information. More importantly, I think you have to know, like, what were those people paid to do that movie? If you're being paid $50,000, it's like, okay, come on now. I didn't took a sacrifice already. Like, now you want me to, it's like, at some point, it's got to end. Like, I'm willing I, we to. Talking I, about, we talking about one situation here in the movie, Low Independent. She took the 50, the, she said she was fine with the $50,000. What I'm saying, you can say all you want about Monique. She has every right to do that. But you're saying that people shouldn't say that she could be difficult. Even Tyler Perry admitted that he was wrong because maybe he shouldn't have did that. Um, what so have, what have you. I don't think that necessarily Tyler Perry owes her any money for that. I think that she could possibly have a defamation um, case against him because she did not, say not that she lost millions of dollars because of that. That's but what somebody, she said. Well, somebody lies on you and it causes you to lose millions of dollars. That is defamation. And he I pretty need to much hear directly what he said. Did, because well, did you, Shannon Sharp heard it. He said, "Yeah, you're well, right." Yeah, okay, he, he I listened. I listened. Wrong. I listened to Naeem, who's on Tyler Perry's show, and he was saying the same thing. I'm thinking, like, what did Tyler Perry say? Like, did she just said, like, you know, if you're working with her, she's not going to do X, Y, and Z. She could be difficult, right? And so that could be passed around. But also, and she admitted this, Monique, on the show, that a lot of people didn't want to work with your husband. Nobody wanted to work with him. So I agree. Naeem said this, too. He's like, yo, if you keep doing something that's not getting you the results you want, you may need to change that. She was saying that people didn't want to sit down with her husband. She's like, that's my manager. That's my husband. You're going to sit down. And they chose not to sit down with her because of that. DL well, let me Hughley, ask you this. Oh, let me ask you this. Let me just wait. one more statement and I'll let you go. D.L. Hewley is calling her a pathological liar. That's his words. Mm. And he went hard at her on that. Even what she spoke about him on the show about 
if what was the show they played? What if or if ever or would you ever? Would you ever? And they did say those two statements. Would you ever either this or that? And she didn't like them because mm. it just was bad. Oh no! Would you rather? Would you rather? Okay, rather. And yeah. she called DL. And she said DL didn't address her right. But DL got on and said, if I didn't address you right, I pulled it. Now, even Monique said they pulled it. They didn't. They asked her the question on the show, but they didn't air it. DL DL said, if I didn't care, I would have left it on there. But that wasn't Mm -hmm. the case. Yeah. Do you think that Oprah and Tyler Perry should uh, apologize? Or do you think that they should come out and at least give their side of the story? Because I think they are... uh, Well, I think Tyler Perry apologized because she got him on tape. I know, but she said that... Did she want him to apologize publicly? Is that what it is? I mean, she got it on tape, so it's already publicly well she didn't oh, play it on the show yeah. shannon sharp heard it right i don't so he did apologize and yeah he, i, I don't well, like what tyler did i don't like what Oprah winfrey did especially with pulling her parents on the show like right i didn't like that i thought that was god awful what i mean Oprah it's did. okay i mean my thing is don't they they both know that they're very powerful people in hollywood so I think when they know that if they start spreading the word that she's difficult to deal with, she won't get work. Like, why Why would you want to punish somebody like that? But if, if that's their interpretation of her, that's their interpretation of her, period. But what I'm saying, Shantae, is Tyler you Perry have to... His back. Tyler I know, but what I'm saying back. is if you know how powerful you are and you know that your words are going to could possibly harm someone financially. You got to have some better Let me say this, though. If you're not intentionally trying to hurt someone. To me, Monique needs to prove that. Because like I said, there was something else is why they didn't want to work with her, and that was her husband. They said that. She said that on the show. I really wish they would come out and give their side. Who? Oprah and Tyler Perry. Why? They don't have to look. They, they I, don't have to, but let I, me say I this. wish they would. I, I, I applaud what Monique did for her sake, but if I was Monique, I wouldn't have done that. Steve Harvey was telling her, and everybody, and Steve Harvey don't have the best reputation, but Steve Harvey, she said, said you got to play the game. Monique thinks keeping it real is what you do. I'm hundred. I'm stand up. Blah blah blah. Everybody ain't stand up, and everybody don't like keeping it real. It's Hollywood. It, it's it's fake. Like. I heard, because I listened to a lot on this, Joe Buttons, because he went off on Kevin Hart. What she did to Kevin Hart. She shot at him. Do you think that was right? I think she just told her, I don't think she shot at him because she she even admitted like he came to our aid when we when we were most in need and, and cut a check. A big you know, check, I heard. Right. So I, I thought her commentary on Kevin Hart was, it seemed to be balanced. It's not like she was like. Um, no, because she went on, She took it on herself afterwards. After Kevin Hart spoke to her, she took it on herself to go to the company and said, Kevin Hart will executive produce. 
Kevin Hart said, I'll work with you on a project. I can, we can even, you know, executive produce something together, but it don't work like that in Hollywood. You don't run to a company and tell them, and I, I'm not in Hollywood. I only know people who work there. Right. But it has been said, like, why wouldn't you talk to Kevin Hart first about it instead of you going out there and doing it? Right. Yeah, After he gave you X amount of money, you gave it back to him but then you gonna blow him up like put it out there like that and kevin hart probably said yeah i'm not i'm not doing that i don't want to have anything to do with it. why would you so take you it think, do you, so you think he was really trying to help her at first but then when she was out of order he changed his mind i think that's people, what it sound like happened I, hollywood and i'm only knowing this from the music side there's a lot of phoniness in hollywood and i'm gonna say this a lot of black folks don't do phony well. There's yeah, I not. mean, it sounded like it sounded like at first Kevin Hart kept his word. He kept his but word, then, but then Monique pushed that situation. Do you yeah. think Monique should have done what she did? She gets off the phone with Kevin Hart, and I don't know if it was immediately. She calls the company and says Kevin Hart agrees to this. Kevin Hart didn't agree to anything. Kevin Hart just says, I will work with you and we right. can put something together. And they, yeah. they listen to, I don't know if you heard the PCBs, right? It was only Spank and Naeem, but Naeem did a lot of the talking and so did Spank. Like Kevin can say some stuff and they he might not get to it until two years later. You turn it around immediately, like Kevin going to throw you in front of the line and go out and do it stuff i heard on the joe button podcast joe button was like kevin hart's a golden child rightfully so if you put his name out there ep they gonna want to do the projects right but kevin hart also deals with these old, old other golden child people the people that you have beef with mm -hmm. right so you took it upon yourself and i'm not i'm not trying to denigrate Monique. I like Monique. I think she's extremely talented. I'm I'm sorry what's happening to her because I don't think this should happen to her. But sometimes when you try to force your way into something, things like this can happen. Yeah. And <clears throat> you can that's why I said with Tyler Perry costing her money, we don't know if Tyler Perry costed um cost cost her money or if um her husband called somebody. Because Tyler Perry was like, I'm willing to sit down with Monique, but I'm not sitting down with her husband. Yeah. Well, I mean, she did get to do her, her Netflix special, so it's, it looked like she settled that whole controversy with Netflix um, because they didn't want to pay her. It. it wasn't really good. Yeah, it wasn't, but I mean, I like Monique. I think she's talented. I think she's funny. I enjoyed the special. I think she's a great actress. Yeah. So it sounds like she's pushing through. She'll be okay. Do you think Tyler Perry should compensate her? I don't know. Because I, I, I don't have all of the facts. I mean, I just... Based on what you know. heard. But I'm just saying that it's pot she does possibly have a defamation uh claim against him. 
Yeah, but th- those other companies that didn't work with would have to admit that's why they stayed away from her because Tyler Perry said exactly. that. And she lost it, but they, those that's companies exactly might, what defamation those, is. Yeah, but because those it's companies because she said what he said about her was not true. And he admitted that it wasn't true. No, he didn't admit it that it wasn't true. The lady, and then this is what you should watch the plastic cup boys. He's they said a lady that listened to the tape that Tyler Perry didn't do it. She it's, Tyler Perry said, I did you wrong, right? I did you wrong. Wrong is being like I communicated this to everybody and I shouldn't have. But I still, you know, I still think that you difficult to work with. Okay. Well, she made it seem like he lied on her. Right, exactly. That's what I'm saying. And but but we didn't hear the the tape. And now you throw yourself out there like who's gonna work with you? Like this is Hollywood. It's phony. And I know she, you know that she knows that. Yeah. She's been in, it's it's phony. But you I don't like what she did to Kevin Hart because it made Kevin Hart out to be a bad person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is not how you win friends and influence people. <laughs> would you get rid of your husband? If you um, think, like, I would say, hey, this ain't working out. I, I, I mean, you be my in boss. terms of him being her manager, maybe. Yeah, not get rid of your husband like the Right, boy. right, right. I mean, but listen, obviously she has prioritized her relationship with her husband. And she's not going to demote him or, you know, fire him as her manager. And she has every right to do so. Exactly. So. But the flip side of that is people saying, well, I ain't working with him. Then, I mean, if if she's good with that, then that's what she's good with that. Right. But you can't blame other stuff. Well, this is the reason why I'm not working. I've very heard in that thing. It was two things. It could have been. Right. It's more than one thing. It's just like it's like Lee Daniels. Lee Daniels said, I'm sorry. It's a nice thing to say, but he told her. Like Oprah Kane says she wanted to do the part and she, and she got enough money to help me out with that. That's business. She can't be mad at that. No, she was because I mean, she said that Oprah was just trying to take her shine because she felt like Monique felt like Oprah felt that she was getting too much shine. That's what Monique said on the show. That's what she implied to me. Yeah. I really would. I'm just curious as to what Oprah's point of view is. I would love to hear what she has to say about it. You know, whether I I, I would imagine that Oprah would say, I think Oprah would say, I'm hurt. Like, I'm really hurt by Oprah's. I heard a lot of stuff about Oprah Winfrey since she started television. Oprah is not going to keep it real on she they're not going to come on Shannon well I don't know but it doesn't seem like they would appear on a show like that Oh my god if Oprah came on Club Shay Shay whoo you talk you think Cat Williams broke the internet Yeah she'll get 100 million views Oh quickly easily easily but I especially just if, especially a Shannon Challenger but to me, Oprah is very guarded. I don't see her being as forthcoming. And you you know what I mean? I don't see her being. She wouldn't give it the time of day. Because, you know, she's all about image. This is beneath her. Right. Exactly. That's why I don't see her doing it. But I wish she would. Ooh, I'd be the first one to watch it. 
All right. And let us move on. Oh, hell no. Oh, hell no. All right. So we had a young lady. It, 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 got a, it, it went viral a little bit about she left her baby in economy and she flew business class because she was tired in the seats of those of you who have flown business or first class sometimes the the seats um kind of roll out into a bed where you can really lay down and get comfortable and sleep and she left her baby in the back now we're finding out she left her baby with her boyfriend um, I talked about this in my class, and a lot of people thought it was irresponsible, but I was looking at proximity. And some people were saying, I wouldn't take care of nobody's baby, blah, blah, blah. But a lot of people said they would watch the baby. Um, and I said, those that are saying they watch the baby, do you like babies? And they raised their hand. They was like, yeah. So if the baby was crying, I just go, ma'am, your baby's crying. You know, I wouldn't pick up the baby unless I thought the baby was choking. How did this come up in the context of your class? I'm just curious. Um, what class I, was it? This was in all my, was it in all my class? I had public address. I had um, gender, race, and media. I was talking about how we rely on the goodness of people. And people were like, no, we don't. I said, we do every day. I said, we rely on the goodness of people. When you go to work and you go into the building, you rely on the goodness of other people. What do I mean by that? Somebody can come in with a bomb and blow that whole building up. You're relying on the goodness of other people. When you catch the bus or the metro, somebody can do something on that. Go to these different countries. Like, buses blow up. Not all the time, but it. you know what I'm saying? That's true. And yeah. another example is... On, when you're driving, the rules of the road, you you depend on people to follow the rules of the road to stop right. when the light is red. Right. You know? And so, yeah, yeah, do different things, not to be speeding in and out. And, you know, you rely on that goodness. Yeah, that's true. So that's how it came up, because I was like, she was relying on the goodness of someone else. At the time, I didn't read enough to know that that was her boyfriend. So when mm -hmm. I bring it back up Tuesday, I'm going to say I found out it was her boyfriend that she was leaving. That baby, Are y'all cool with that? Some people said they would watch the babies. Other people said, no, I wouldn't watch the baby. Majority of the people said they would watch the baby. Well, the baby was 11 months old. I will say on behalf of mothers, I, I, I can understand her wanting a break. <laughs> All mothers deserve a break from the baby. Um, so I'm just glad that her boyfriend was available and willing to, to take care of the baby while she napped. Got some shut eye. Right. But I would not leave the baby to a stranger on the plane that you don't really know. Yeah. I, I, I had pushed the scenario even f further. Like what if you met them while you were at the gate? And y'all were waiting for the plane for an hour and a half. No, some of and us you... wouldn't even leave our babies with some family members. Okay. I would say, if you let me finish, you talked to her for an hour and a half. You found out she's a good person, blah, 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 doing a lot of different things. And you're just going 20 feet up. Your baby sleep. And she's like, just, can you just keep an eye on him? Now, Kim says no. 
I probably would say yes, uh, especially if there were other people right there that can see me. Well, because I I don't think it's possible to determine that somebody's a good person based on a one-hour conversation. No, you just have a feeling about it. Mm, well, see, you I would not. And you can't determine that they bad, so that means you're not trusting of any souls. Well, that's why I'm, I, but that's uh, leaving a baby with somebody is not a risk that I would take based on a I don't, kid. it's not like you leaving a baby with them and you're leaving. You're just going to sleep. Like you would fall asleep anyway. Okay. Like you're, you you're, you're presenting the scenario so that I can make a decision on how, how I feel about it, right? No, you're presenting it because you're saying you can't determine if you like somebody. Right, in an that's hour and my decision. You said, right. would you need somebody? And I said, no. So, Right. I'm just switching up the scenarios to make it closer. What would make you comfortable to watch somebody's baby? How about if a lady was in excruciating pain and she had to go to the restroom, right? Mm. And she couldn't take her baby to the restroom. Would you watch it then? Or should it be up to the flight <sighs> attendant to watch it? I, the, the, I, the only reason why, I, like, I don't mind doing it, but I just hesitate because of the world that we live in now. It's like you can be held liable for the smallest things. Like the Good Samaritan, you know, that no good deed goes unpunished. You know, it's like you try to help somebody and you can end up being but that's why i said somebody would have if if i was in the back by myself and it was an empty flight i would say no you see what i'm saying yeah but if if i was in a row with somebody else like that was right there like in the the aisle over and they could see me i'll be like fine i'll do it so yeah i think it just depends on the situation like if it's an emergency situation sometimes you don't have time to you know Like say if she say if the mother passed out or something. Yeah. You know, obviously I'm not gonna leave the baby. Right. Everybody on the plane will right. watch the baby. Right. You see what I'm saying? So it just depends. It just depends. Yeah. yeah. All right. And... and let us move on. Give it up, give it up, give it up, yo. So for the second year in a row, we're giving it up to the Kansas City Chiefs, who were the first since, I think, 2002, 2003 to win back-to-back Super Bowl. So celebration to the Kansas City Chiefs for being the uh, first team in a long time. And you see the little girl in the picture? That is going to be an amazing picture to have. Oh, the little black girl? Yes. I didn't even notice that. She looks so cute. Can you imagine? If I'm her, I would frame that picture and have that for the rest of my life because that's amazing. But can we talk about the halftime show? Okay. That was the best halftime show i have seen i was so entertained i loved it so much except for jermaine dupree's outfit other than that this was the best show ever and I, and can i say I'm i not, did pretty good on my predictions i on mean we both did i i don't yeah. think i don't <sighs> 
I really like the halftime show, but I was disappointed too. And what I was disappointed. disappointed you? I was disappointed because he just did like two or three bars of some of the songs, and I didn't like that. Shantae, we knew going in that yeah, he, but he only picked had the wrong, 14 me, minutes. He, he picked some of the wrong songs. Like, I'd rather him had done some of the songs instead of the other songs. I'm sorry. I would have loved to hear Superstar. You wanted more Mama. Superstar. Yeah, all he, yeah. I did I to tell hear. you he was going to do that opening, though? I knew he was going to do that. I was right on the opening. I, I, was, I was right on the, uh, the first song and the last song. You were. You, we did good, I have to say. We both of us, we did really good. Yeah, so that's the only thing. I, I mean, I like the show, but I feel like uh, three of the songs he did, like he had to do Let It Burn because he had the, the fireworks and all of that stuff. <laughs> but I would have much rather hear Superstar. Uh, and he cut some, some of the songs short, but hey, it is what it is. Yeah, I was disappointed with Alicia Keys. She sounded... Hmm. That's what Nikki said. I thought she, she sounded, sounded terrible. She you think sounded she sounded on her own song that she did? You think that was terrible? Yes. I've seen she I never thought she was an amazing vocalist ever anyway. I'm still salty from her um winning the um over India Grammy Ari. over India Ari. <laughs> yes, I'm still salty about that cuz India Ari got robbed. She did, but that I was think a, that was best new artist or something. You know, I'm still mad. I don't about know it. if it was, but anyway, she sounded she didn't. I've she heard her that, sound. Alicia Keys had that popular song on that album, though, that outdid any song on Indie Ire's album. You out your mind. Yeah. We had we did this, this, or that. Then we do no, no we, did we, did. we did. Okay, well. I think was it Voyage to India or was it um I trust me, I like India Irie's album far better than Alicia better. Keys, but Alicia Keys had that one song on there that was huge. Um, and that to, I think I'm falling. I think I'm falling in. Yeah, I think that was I think that was it. And I think that's one that's why she won that. You know, um, she had that duet on there that she sang on the Super Bowl, but I didn't think she sounded terrible. Um, like my expectations of hers is not high, but well, you know, a lot of people said it was colorism. But anyway, yeah, and India Ari squashed that though, and that was good. India Ari is a thousand is a thousand times better as a singer than Alicia Keys. That's just my opinion. In terms of just vocal ability, they're two different artists to me. I'm not going to disagree with that. I like India Ire's voice, but but I like India Ire's music better than Alicia Keys. I would agree with that as well. Yeah, but that's that's taste. Like, and they're both musicians. They both play instruments. Yeah, mm -hmm. so they're both super talented. I just yeah. think, yeah, India Ire is all around better. I just think that Alicia Keys got too much. This is when I think Black people, like, we got angry at Alicia Keys, and I'm just saying it ain't her fault. Oh, yeah, you're right. It's not her it's fault. not her fault. I'm not mad at her And, that, and, that, and that's why I gave, like, India Ivory even more, because she says, y'all need to leave this young woman yeah, alone. She did nothing true. but put a good album together, and she won. Okay. Yeah. She's like, true. you know, that's it. that's it. You can't win them all, you know. 
That's true. But she did. She looked good at the Super Bowl. I just have heard her. She may have been having a bad day. Uh, she Her voice may have been strained from for whatever reason. But yeah, it just wasn't. I got to listen to that again. Because mm-hmm. I didn't hear anything bad mm, about her. Like, I, I don't think she cracked or her voice was because Nikki thought her voice was hoarse. And I'm like, I didn't yeah. hear that. Everything was just too quick for me. But I mean, the whole Super Bowl and the Super Bowl, the actual game was very entertaining and the halftime show was entertaining. So I think that's the best game and halftime show combination that we've had in years. I don't remember one better. I mean, the bad, the the Janet Jackson joint, the the nipple gate, that was a good show. Halftime. Yeah. Yeah, that was real good. They killed that show. Those, that's when Nelly's hot in here was real hot, but mm-hmm. he was grabbing his, his his joint too much. That's what they ain't like about him. Oh, okay. Um, Justin Timberlake, they got on him. You know, I don't know. So did you I, hear that Justin Bieber was actually supposed to appear um during the with Usher during the halftime show? They got a song together. Well, you know, Justin Bieber is supposed to be his protege. Like, I think um, Usher is credited with discovering Justin Bieber. I didn't but I do that. think they have a. I do. I do think they did a song together. Oh, I, I didn't hear that. Yeah, but he was. They they kept showing him. Well, not kept showing him, but they did show him uh, Justin Bieber sitting in the stands during the Super Bowl. But they were just saying that he's not ready to, because um, you know he got married and he he has some type of health issue, and so he had been kind of taking a break from the music business. That's why we haven't heard from him in a long time. I, I wouldn't even know if we did or not. I don't follow him like that. <laughs> I know. Okay, they did somebody to love. I don't even know what that song is. You don't? No. I was going to try to play it for you. Go ahead. Okay. I'm glad they didn't do it. Just get you where you are. to the beat of my heart. I don't need a whole lot. I'm be right in the eye. Gotta give you the world that we can share mine. No, I won't be the first one. All right. Not impressed. But I was happy with the show. I, I do believe overall night it was a good night. I thought the commercials could have been better. The only commercial I really liked was Ben Affleck uh, in the Dunkin' Donuts joint with Jennifer Lopez, and Tom Brady, and Matt Damon. Oh, okay. You thought that was funny? Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, I used the commercials to get food. <laughs> you ate a lot. <laughs> Because <laughs> a lot of commercials, right? All right. Well, all right. 
as we wrap up today, um, let's start with let's start with our words of wisdom. Only the strong go crazy. The weak just go along. By Sister Sada Shakur. Our what's going on? Bonnie Willis, Kansas City Chiefs parade shooting, evangelical Christian Super Bowl ads, and new affordable houses in Beverly Hills. What's beef? Shannon Sharp versus Mike Epps. Uh, little known Black History Month, Fonta, Flora, North Carolina. Talk of the week, Monique on Club Shay Shay. I all hell know was the mother who left her baby in economy while she fell asleep and rested in business class. And we gave it up to the Kansas City Chiefs, winning Super Bowl 58. So as always, when we do our podcast, we end with... Thank you, everybody, for taking time out of your busy schedule to hang out with us. And as always, in parting, we wish you love, peace, and knowledge to feed your soul. Knowledge to feed your soul. Y'all have a good time. We will see y'all next week. God willing, and the creek don't rise.